welcome to the Lift As You Climb podcast, where it's all about the journey and the joy to discovering who you are now and deciding who you want to become and embracing your genuine identity, influence, and impact. In each episode, we'll explore how life's experiences have prepared us for what we choose to do next and how to create our encore, write our own script, and star in the next stage of our lives. I'm your host, your next business strategist and transformation catalyst, Isabel Banerjee. Welcome everyone. I hope you've got your party hats on because as I promised about 10 days ago, I said I was going to be celebrating something significant and momentous. And today on May the 29th, 2021, I am officially celebrating. I am two-thirds of a century old. Yes, you heard it right. I am publicly celebrating that chronologically, I am 66.66666 years old. Thank you to my grandson, Gavin, for calculating the moment, the day that I would be able to declare that I have lived two-thirds of a century and I am so proud of it. Now, here's the really cool part about this. A, I'm a woman who is publicly declaring my age, but B, I've also realized that I could calculate the remaining one-third of a century, my first century, and yes, I'm saying first century because I think it's quite possible and quite probable that I will experience and enjoy some of a second century on this planet. So I've figured out that I have 400 months left or approximately 12,000 days before I declare what kind of cake I want for my 100th birthday celebration. You better stay subscribed to this podcast if you want an invitation to a rocking centenarian party. Rather than focus on how much time has elapsed on my life clock, I much prefer the perspective of the abundance of time I still have. And of course, the reality is that the time is finite. I don't know exactly how much is left in my hourglass, but I'm not going to accelerate my aging by convincing myself or focusing on the fact that I'm already too old. Really, who gets to decide what is old? or too old. We talked about that in an earlier episode of this podcast, I believe episode number three, expiry date. And I encourage you to 
listen to that later and it all is part of what I'm trying to express here. The resounding joy in recognizing that it's totally up to me to be and do and feel the age that I want to be. Just to put this in perspective of how we have arrived at this time in our history of declaring that 65 is kind of old. In fact, we call it seniors and senior citizens. Who gets to decide what's old or too old? Personally, I want to decide for myself. But I was curious about how we got to this place in our society of generally accepting that if you're in your mid-60s, you're old. And much to my surprise, I discovered that Otto von Bismarck gets the credit because Germany became the first nation to adopt an old age social insurance program in 1889. Germany's emperor at the time said it was for people that were disabled from work by age and invalidity. Huh. It's a good thing that Emperor William's not around today. I'd tell him what I think about invalidity and expiry dates. We know that everybody ages at different rates, and some people seem to age faster than others. I think we all know at least a few people that we go, wow, you can't possibly be that old. But what is that based on? It's based on their chronological age, and our societal expectation of what that means. I think that there are multiple ways to determine age. My theory is that there are at least five dimensions in aging. It is the combination of those that are uniquely what define your age. The common one that we all know and refer to because it's on our driver's license and our passports is chronological age, the number of years that we've been alive from the date that is recorded as our birth date to where we are now. The second dimension of aging is biological age, referred to by some as physiological age. That takes into account factors like our overall health, our mobility, our diet, our sleeping habits, our exercise, and how does that increase or decrease the effective chronological age that we have. I also believe that functional age is something that should be considered carefully as well. Some of us may have physical limitations brought on by biological age or chronological age, but in fact, it's the development of a particular mindset or age group that we're hanging out with that is not necessarily aligned with your chronological age. For instance, think about this. If you're part of a hiking group and there's a diversity of age range, but you're all keeping up because you're talking with each other and inspiring each other on and your accountability partners, or if you're in a dancing group, or 
one of my favorite, hanging out with your grandchildren automatically changes my functional age, ratcheting it down several notches. Additionally, we have our psychological age. And that one summed up for me is pretty much, if you think you're old, you're right. And if you think you're not, if you think you're younger, you are also right. It's all about mindset. For me, I have in my life always been the positive thinker, the future thinker, very expansive, desiring of growth and reinvention and challenge. And I continue to be so. That really contributes to my overall sense of youthness, if that's a correct word. My vitality is because of that open growth mindset. Then you consider people have a more contracting mindset where they are of their own volition on a daily basis, making their world smaller, shrinking psychologically, and therefore aging rapidly. They're heading to the end of their lifespan mentally. The fifth and last part of my view of aging is what I call the social age. And for me, that's all about the company that you keep. It's the relationships that you have with your friends and the roles that you play in your relationships that really translates to what's our social age. If you've been traveling in my orbit for a while, you know I talk about vitamin G and how vitally important that is for my overall well-being. Vitamin G, of course, stands for girlfriends. In the company that I keep, if I'm spending the time that I prefer with other people with growth mindsets that have that younger, future-based psychological mindset, the functional age group where we're dancing, we're laughing, we're doing things, we're active. That also contributes to how I feel. Biologically, I'm very fortunate. I have good genes so far in my life, no major health issues, and no warnings, no symptoms of those to come. And of course, I am taking steps to continue in that vein because I've got at least 400 more months that I want to be young and vibrant and alive. Eating good food, good quality food, sleeping as much as my body needs, drinking water, trying not to be too sedentary, trying not to over-consume alcohol, and being aware of the negative effects of stress and managing the conditions to avoid that as much as possible. I'm sure that I am not alone in this thought process of figuring out not only who am I now, but what age am I? Age doesn't have a particular relevance to me as a number, but it has a major significance to me in terms of being engaged in my life and being active 
And being part of a community like the Lift As You Climb movement, where we live our legacies while we are here to experience them and influence them and increase their impact, because we are lifting and climbing, we are also working to empower others to live their legacies. TD Ameritrade did a survey a couple of years ago, and the results said 73% of women said that 70 is the new 50. The survey also said that only 59% of men shared that opinion. But as a woman sampling my friends and cohorts, I think we're all trying to figure that out right now. What do those numbers mean anymore? How are we supposed to feel? How do we expect others to perceive us when we talk about our chronological age? I come back every time that I'm thinking about that. It doesn't matter what my chronological age or any other definition of my age is, as long as I continue to have the mindset of growth and experience and contribution and service to others and full-out joyful enjoyment of my life. The first two-thirds of my first hundred years went by very damn fast. I swear it was just a blink of an eye ago that I marveled at the fact that I had reached half a century. And it doesn't seem that much longer before that. At 16, I marveled that I was a mother, a full-time career person, and living independently under my own steam. So I don't expect the next 33 and a third years to drag. On the contrary, they're probably going to accelerate. And that's why it's so important to me to be thinking about what I want to do next, who I want to become, who I want to be remembered as. So today, I'd like to share a poem with you that sums up what I've been thinking about my life so far and the life that I am visualizing and designing and planning to lead going forward. So it's my pleasure to share with you a poem called The Dash. I'll be back to chat with you after that. The Dash by Linda Ellis I read of a man who stood to speak at a funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth, and now only those who loved them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love 
and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. To be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you lived your dash? My thanks again to the author Linda Ellis for this beautiful piece which echoes my thoughts right now as I think forward to the rest of my century. I hope that you found value in the reading of The Dash. I will include information about how to find it in the show transcript. It was not my intent to create a somber mood or take your thoughts to a sad place. On the contrary, I was hoping that by reflecting on the importance of the dash in our life and acknowledging that we alone control what we make of that dash, that you will find an opportunity for inspiration for your future. Maya Angelou, a woman that I admire so much, a wise woman who shared so many pearls with us in her lifetime, penned the statement, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Very relevant to our conversation about the dash, don't you think? So that's where my thoughts are these days, as I think with excitement and anticipation and a great deal of positivity about the next one-third of the century of my life. And I'm thinking about what are the actions that I'm going to take so that people will remember how I made them feel in a positive manner. And even more important, how I will feel about myself and how I lived my life fully utilizing the gifts and the strengths and the talent and the tacit knowledge that I have accumulated throughout my lifetime to date. And bulletin, bulletin, I'm not done yet. I am learning every day. It's one of my greatest joys, learning and the opportunity to stay open-minded, to think forward, be a future thinker with a grand open mind, and to get to know more about myself and more about my potential, what I can do to help other people. That's pretty exciting as a future to look forward to. I think in the days going forward, as I start to plan out what I want to do with the next few years of my life, is that there is no scarcity of time. There's only scarcity of mindset. 
And if I think of the time that I have to influence and impact as abundant, and then I rush forward to fill that time, I'm going to feel much happier with myself. I don't want to live with regrets. And I can thank my best friend, Sandra, for reminding me that a life well-lived doesn't have room for, I wish I could have, I should have. And my friend Liz Sumner, who poetically coined the phrase in her podcast, I always wanted to, telling the stories of people who wanted to and they did. That's the legacy that I want. I want to be known as a role model for my children and my grandchildren and my extended family and my friends and my business community, all the circles that I orbit, that I was the woman who tried. Not everything was about succeeding and accomplishment, but it was about experience and evolution and really expansion so that I could experience life fully, test my full potential and capabilities. No kidding, it's not like every day I am Pollyanna and totally on top of my emotions around the natural concerns about fear of not doing well enough, not being up to the challenge, the fear of failure. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much work. The great thing about getting older and caring less and less about other people's opinions of what they think you should be is that it's a little bit easier each time to try something and recognize, hmm, gave that my best, but it isn't really right for me, and move on. That's why the Encore methodology that I created is still the perfect one for me. As I accelerate in my life, I get to reflect back as the protagonist on the prologue, what have I already done? Who have I been? How has this character developed? What are her greatest traits and skills and strengths? And then look forward and write the script for the new and best role of my life, my encore. When I take control of writing that script and take stock of everything that I start with because of the life I've already led, then you know it's going to be a hit. You just know it's going to be a hit because I am the one who is casting the crew and my co-stars. I am the one who is producing and directing this new role in my life. And for that, I will proudly be the star and stand for the standing ovations and really look forward to having one hell of a blockbuster success 100th birthday. I encourage you to join me in creating this next and best you. One of the gifts that I'd like to give you on my 66th and two-thirds birthday 
is the offer to use one of the tools that I have found so helpful for me, my personal currency evaluation. It's a process that I created to help me take stock, to remember and appreciate the incredible value that I have accumulated in my lifetime. I would like you to go to myencore.me I put this in the show transcript and sign up for a free download. Go through the process and really marvel as you complete the form how amazingly wealthy you are because of your life up to this date. That if you continue to invest in yourself, your value is exponentially increased. You can do anything you want with that. The other thing I would really love to do to celebrate our lives and our revolutions around the sun is to ask you to join me in the Lift As You Climb movement group on Facebook. I would love to hear what came to mind for you for the next and best part of your life. What did you think about how you are aging and what dimensions of aging you embrace and want to reject? I'd like to hear your thoughts on how you set yourself up for the future to live without regrets, to act on the I always wanted to's, and to make absolutely blockbuster, bucketless, and then go out and fulfill them. It would be so exciting if you would reference episode 21, The Dash, on the Facebook page and share with other people your ideas about how to live a big, complete, abundant, vital life. Because when we are lifting and climbing, We are inspiring and empowering others to create their legacies. Okay, get your piece of cake, grab your champagne glass, let's toast to the future and to our encores. Yay! Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope our conversation added value to your day and expanded your vision for your legacy and impact. Please join me in increasing my impact and expanding my reach to more people by sharing this episode on social media or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch all of the latest from me, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me and others in my community Facebook group, the Lift As You Climb movement, where you can engage, be inspired by, and grow with a tribe of like-minded people. As I evolve as a podcaster and a spokeswoman for collaboration and economic empowerment, your input and feedback are especially important to me. I welcome your suggestions and questions to hello at theencorecatalyst.com. 
Until we meet again, please remember that your success may be the foundation to someone else's. Together, we can raise success ladders around the world. Thank you.